I'm excited to be here with y'all as we start off uh, our series called Foundations, or Doctrine for Dummies, depending on which title you prefer. I decided to be nice to y'all and just stick with Foundations, so we'll just stick with that for now. Um, so this is going to be a 12-session uh, study uh, based on the foundational truths of Christianity, of, of what the Bible teaches. Um, so to get us started, I thought it'd be fun. Everyone's probably kind of tired this evening. Uh, this is a brand new thing. Might not be sure if you're really into it or not. And so what better way to start off than a little true or false game, right? So you, if you flip over your, your sheet of paper, true or false, you got 10 or 12 questions on there. Um, you can circle true or false on each one. Um, I'm just going to read through them, and as I read through them, you can circle true or false, and then we'll, we'll go over the answers really quickly. Um, these are not all going to be covered tonight, just so you know. This is a lot of different stuff. This is kind of to whet your appetite as far as what will be coming up. Like, we'll be addressing different doctrines that will deal with uh, something related to each of these questions over the next 12 sessions as we go forward. Um, but tonight is really an introduction. Tonight, I'm just trying to get you guys excited um, about doctrine because sometimes when we hear the word doctrine, it's like, never mind. I'm not really interested, right? But tonight, I'm going to try to change it up a little bit, uh, help us all realize that this is something that not only we should know and we should do, but doctrine is something that we should all be excited about, okay? So first question, true or false, the Bible contains... The Word of God. True or false, the Bible contains the Word of God. Question number two, modern science discredits the claims of Christianity. True or false, modern science discredits the claims of Christianity. A person obtains peace with God by first taking the initiative to seek God, and then God responds with grace. True or false. Number four, Jesus is the first and greatest being created by God. True or false? Number five, heaven is a place where all people will ultimately be reunited with loved ones. Number six, humans exist to bring God glory and to enjoy him. True or false? Number seven, the Bible has the authority to tell us what we must do. Number eight, my local church has the authority to withhold the, lo the Lord's Supper from me and exclude me from the fellowship of the church. Is that true or false? Number nine, worshiping alone or with one's family is a valid replacement for regularly attending church. Number ten, the Holy Spirit is a divine being but is not equal with God, the Father, and Jesus. Everyone sins a little, but most people are good by nature. And finally, <laughs> yeah, God gives new words of revelation to Christians today, true or false? All right, has everyone completed? Anyone need more time? Everyone's like, no, we're tired of school, okay. Um, quick, I'll just run through the answers real quick. Number one, the Bible contains the Word of God. False, the Bible does not contain the Word of God. The Bible is the Word of God. It's a subtle, it's kind of a trick question. Subtle but important difference, so I apologize if you got that one wrong. Uh, modern science discredits the claims of Christianity, false. A person obtains peace with God by first taking the initiative to seek God. False. Uh, Jesus is the first and greatest being created by God. False. Maybe you're seeing a pattern so far. Uh, heaven is a place where all people will ultimately be reunited with their loved ones. False. Humans exist to bring God glory and to enjoy him. True. The Bible has the authority to tell us what we must do. 
true. Uh, my local church has the authority to withhold the Lord's Supper from me and exclude me from the fellowship of the church. True. Uh, worshiping alone or with one's family is a valid replacement for regularly attending church. False. The Holy Spirit is a divine being but is not equal with God the Father and Jesus. That is false. Everyone sins a little, but most people are good by nature. False. And God gives new words of revelation to Christians today. False. All right. How many of y'all did okay on that? And then I won't ask the rest of the question. Um, again, there's a lot in all those questions, so we're not going to like dive into each of those tonight. This is just to kind of give you a little bit of a preview of the things that we'll be discussing that will be affecting those types of questions. Um, because whether you all believe it or not, whether you realize it or not, um, everyone in here um, is a student of Bible doctrine. The uh, question is, are you a good student or are you a poor student? And so my goal with this series, our goal with this series, uh, we're not going to be able to dive super deep into every single thing that we talk about. But what we're really trying to do is kind of whet your appetite to say, these are the, this is like the 10,000 foot view of this core Bible truth. And I really want you all to develop a hunger to study this on your own. And so we're going to dive into a little bit of that tonight about basically why should you care, right? Why, why does doctrine matter to you? Because when I asked the question before, I, I could see y'all were like many people who when they hear the word doctrine, it's like boring, right? That's, that sounds like a really boring subject to study. Um, so to get us started, we should know what the word doctrine means. Uh, the word doctrine just simply means teaching. When we study Bible doctrine, we're simply studying what the Bible teaches. Uh, so in order to study um, Bible doctrine, you're just studying the subjects, the things that the Bible addresses. And, and as you do that, we'll come across things like, um, what does the Bible teach about who God is? What does the Bible teach about salvation? What does the Bible teach about human nature? What does the Bible teach about heaven and hell? Those kind of questions are the questions that are answered in Bible doctrine. So then the next thing is, is Bible doctrine boring? Um, well, doctrine should not be boring. And so here's kind of my, part of my motivation for having this introduction uh, session tonight is because doctrine is kind of like a dirty word among Christians. It's like, who wants to study doctrine versus who wants to, you know, watch some video? Most people would watch a video over studying doctrine, and it's understandable because we've all experienced really boring teaching, right? That's fine. I'll try to keep this as non-boring as possible. I'm sorry if you are bored, but when you hear the word doctrine, you kind of have that stereotypical idea of just like the stoic, very academic. This has really nothing to do with my life. This is just stuff that theologians like to argue about. Uh, this really has no meaning for me as a follower of Christ. But the Bible is really, um, it really emphasizes that Christians should know what the Bible teaches. And really, if you think about it, if, if anything should not be boring, it, it should be what the Bible teaches, right? Because we have, if we believe this, right, it's this amazing, infinitely powerful creator God that spoke everything from nothing. He spoke it all into being. And he has created us, he's created the world, he's created everything here, and he's decided that he wants us to know something. And so he's given us this book, the Bible, and he has something to tell us. 
And every time we see someone encounter God in Scripture, it's like this amazing experience, right? No one in the Bible encounters God and is like, yawn, this is boring, I'm going to go back to watching Netflix, right? This is lame, right? Everyone that encounters God in Scripture is blown away, right? They cannot help but just fall down flat on their face because of how awesome God is. In fact, every time God reveals himself in Scripture, he has to kind of tone it down because the Bible says no one can see God and even survive, right? If, if you saw God for all, how beautiful, how awesome, how powerful he was, you and I would just literally die. And so if anything should be boring, it should not be this, right? This should be one of the most exciting, life-giving things that you and I do. Uh, but oftentimes we're, we're so influenced by our culture, by the world, that we think, hey, you know what is fun is uh, watching the game. What's fun is doing my hobby. What's fun is, you know, whatever your thing is, just insert there. And what's boring is the stuff that I should do, that I have to do, like I have to brush my teeth, I have to make my bed, I have to study the Bible, right? Um, but the Bible is not a boring book, right? People did not crucify Jesus because he had a boring message that no one cared about. They crucified Jesus because what he said was so amazing, was so radical, was so different, that they had to kill him to try to shut him up. The apostles did not give their entire lives to preaching the gospel because it was a really boring message and they had nothing else going on. They gave their lives to the gospel because this was a life-changing, eternity-altering message that totally rocked their world, right? That's what made tax collectors become disciples of Christ. That's what made uh, women who are prostitutes decide to give that up and follow Christ. That's what made all these people that were lost in these awful sins give everything up to follow Christ and give their lives for him because this was an amazing, powerful, and exciting message. Right? We do not serve a boring God and we do not believe boring things. Right? We make it boring sometimes maybe, but the, the message, the content, what we're going to be walking through is anything but boring. And so God here, he is inviting us as his children to enter into this word that he's given us. It's a life-giving, joy-giving, life-altering word. And that if we understand it, if we take the time to read it, then we can experience the joys and the victories and the power of God that we otherwise would not experience as his children. So y'all maybe a little bit more excited now? Y'all maybe a little bit more intrigued? I hope so. Because, um, again, doctrine doesn't sound that enticing. Um, but maybe a good illustration is whenever you're building a house, the most exciting thing to look at, the uh, thing you want to get pumped about, is not usually the foundation of the house, right? It's just like the parking lot that your house is sitting on, basically. You don't take pictures of the foundation, like, oh, I'm so excited, I can't ch wait to pick what color the foundation's going to be, what model are we going to get, right? No one cares. But everything that you do care about, your 70-inch TV, what kind of carpet you're going to have, the walls, whatever, that's all only going to work if the foundation is there. If your foundation is cracked, if your foundation is damaged, that is all going to fall down. And so Bible doctrine might not be the prettiest thing, it might not be the most flashy part of the Christian life, but without Bible doctrine, everything else in your spiritual life will fall down. You have to have a solid foundation about what you believe, why you believe it. Otherwise, 
you applying what God has taught us in his word to your life is just not going to happen. Or your life will not match what the word of God says, right? Why so many people who profess to be Christians, who go to church every Sunday, and yet their life has no similarity to what the Bible teaches because their foundation is cracked. They don't have the fundamental truths instilled in their hearts. And so I'm not here as a know-it-all to enlighten you. We're just going to kind of walk through the scriptures together over the next sessions and just see what the Bible says. But basically, why should you care about doctrine? Why should you care about what the Bible teaches? Well, the first thing is that Bible doctrine matters because God is truth. God, God just doesn't care about truth. God is truth. And so if you and I don't care about truth, whether we realize it or not, we're implying that we don't care about what God, who God is and what he values, right? Everything that you and I are to pursue, are to be like, is all based on who God is. And God is truth. Let me share some passages with you uh, that are written down there. Romans chapter 3, uh, verses 3 through 4. Uh, verse 4 is talking about God the Father and it says, Let God be true, though everyone were a liar. In John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In John 16, 13, talking about the Holy Spirit, he says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So in scripture, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all identify themselves with truth, right? And so if you and I are going to study what the Bible teaches through Bible doctrine, it better be the true, correct teaching, right? And for us to value what is truth, we have to value who God is. And so if, if we approach the truth of scripture like we don't care, or that, you know, it doesn't really matter what I believe about this, it doesn't really matter if I'm really correct about what the Bible says about that, then we are not only putting a lower value on what the Bible says, we're putting a lower value on who God is, right? That's the, in, the indirect implications of what happens when you and I don't value the truth that God has given to us. So that is why God cares about truth so much. Um, in Hebrews 13, verse 9, it says, Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings. How are you and I going to avoid being led astray unless we know what is true, right? The way we understand that something is true or false is that we are constantly studying what is true, right? The only way that you can be confronted on a daily basis, which we all are, from the world, from media, from your friends, probably family as well, all these ideas, all these cultural things that, um, that, that come at us, how do we know whether something is true or not? It's whether or not we know what is true from the word of God. If you know the Bible, if you know God's truth, then you have that firm foundation. If you don't, then there's a good chance that you will be deceived. I will be deceived, right? None of us are above uh, making a, a spiritual mistake that will have lasting consequences. But the way you and I can avoid that, the way you and I can defend against that, is by loving the truth so much that we take the time to study it. And so the Bible has much to say about doctrine and only ever commends it as something that every believer should do, right? Never once do you see God discouraging anyone from learning more about him. Never once do you see God discouraging anyone from saying, hey, you know what, you've studied enough 
of the law and the prophets and what I've written, why don't you just take a break? You know, why don't you go take a vacation, right? God never really asks us to do that. God is always urging us to, to know him more, right? To pursue him more, to, to want to love him more. And so the Bible divides doctrine in, into two broad categories. As you read through scripture, you'll, you'll find what is called sound doctrine or what is true. And you'll find false doctrine, what is not true. And so those are the only two categories. And so whatever you believe about salvation, heaven, church, the family, marriage, human nature, whatever you believe either falls into sound, true doctrine or false doctrine. And so that's why I said before, whether you realize it or not, uh, you all have beliefs about doctrine. The question is, is it correct doctrine or is it false doctrine? Um, so we tend to think of, of doctrine as being this cold, academic, unrelated thing. Uh, but really all doctrine is is what the Bible teaches. And so the next 12 sessions or the next 11 sessions are a, just a grouping of, of, of subjects that the Bible talks about that we've picked as just being really important. Again, not an exhaustive list by any means but really just something to get you guys excited to say, hey, I'm going to personally take time to study what the Bible has to say about this or about that. So Bible doctrine is important because God is truth. And secondly, God wants you to know truth. So God is truth, right? That's great to know that God is truth. But God could have left us in the dark if he wanted to, right? God could have been up there in heaven, say, hey, look, I know the truth, I am the truth, I have the truth, all this, but I don't need to share it with anyone else, especially these sinful humans, right? But instead, God in his love and his mercy, he decided that he wanted to share himself, he wanted to share his truth with us. Uh, in Acts chapter 8, verse 30, is, is the account of when the preacher Philip is, is taken to the Ethiopian eunuch in the desert. And so as Philip runs up to him, it says in verse 30, he heard him reading Isaiah the prophet. And so he asked him, do you understand what you are reading? Do you all ask yourself that question when you do your readings every day? Sometimes I do. Sometimes I just kind of do the check mark. Okay, I did my reading today, close, move on, right? But God wants us to understand the truth. Right? God does not like to leave you and I in darkness. You know, all these books and movies come out every, every few years, it seems like, that say, hey, now we've unlocked the Bible code. If you just take the seventh letter on the seventh page and add them all together, then you find out what the Bible really says, right? No, God's given us his word because he wants us to know the truth, right? We just have to read it, and he wants us to understand it. In Acts 17, uh, the Bible commends these, these Jews um, that had received the gospel. And it says that they were more noble because they received the word with all eagerness and they examined the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. So they received the word, they received the truth, they received the doctrine with gladness, with eagerness. And then they didn't just stay there, they examined the word of God, how often? Daily to see if these things were true, right? They were daily examining God's word to find out what is true and what is not true. My dad um, is, is a pastor, and uh, several years back, he had a deacon. Every time we would have Sunday morning Bible study, 
the deacon would kind of slip out and just kind of walk around randomly. And so after several you know, weeks of this, my dad was like, hey, uh, we'd love to have you join us. You're a, you're a deacon. You want to come in? <laughs> He's like, hey, you know what? I've uh, been in church my whole life, and I've heard it all. So I don't really need to hear anything else, right? That's not the model of a disciple in, in Scripture, right? A disciple is someone who is constantly growing. You and I will never get to the point where it's like, hey, I know everything about the Bible now. I know everything about all that the Bible teaches. I have nothing left to gain, right? That will never happen. We will always be discovering new amazing things about our God and what he has asked of us. Um, and so the sad thing is, though, is that many Christians, I think especially in our culture, because we're so blessed with so many things, um, we receive the gospel and then we just kind of stay there. We receive the gospel and then we never take the next step of saying, hey, now I need to take a deeper look at what the Bible says. Many Christians today don't know the basics, right? Many Christians today are just kind of stuck in that baby phase and they never grow out of it. So even though they may have been in church for 5, 10, 30 years, they are still spiritually very immature because they've never taken the time for themselves to study God's word. You know, you all here are the Wednesday night crowd. You usually come on Sunday morning. You come on Wednesday night. You're here for everything. That's awesome. But if you are relying only on Pastor John or the staff to teach you, then your growth will be stunted, right? What are you doing Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? What are you doing? Are you taking time to study the Word of God? That's, that's the model that the Bible gives us. But the pursuit of what the Bible teaches often kind of takes a back seat to kind of the more comfortable, easy things to do, right? You get home from work. You're tired. You've been working all day. I'm just going to turn on the TV and kind of veg out until I fall asleep, right? Been there, done that many, many times, which is fine. But how often do you come home from work and have the attitude of, my spirit is exhausted. I need God's word to lift me up right now. And you take time to study the word of God. I think the problem is that most of us view studying God's word as more of a chore than as a blessing, right? We, we don't view it as something that gives us life, that gives us energy, that gives us encouragement. We view it as a, another task to do. I have to trod through the book of Leviticus. Great. Well, here we go. You know, like boring, right? We don't view the, the word of God as this life-giving life-altering book that it is. But if we take the time, if we do the work to study God's word, God has promised that he will bless us. We tend to think that, well, I did the check mark of I accepted Christ, I attend church, I'm good to go, I'm just going to kind of grow automatically. I'm going to learn just by being in church, right? Which hopefully you will, hopefully you're learning something right now. But if you only, again, if you only rely on church to help you grow, you are going to be a very immature, weak Christian. Because I assume that most of y'all don't only eat on Sundays and Wednesdays, right? Y'all eat Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right? Well, yeah, I'm not going to miss a meal for sure. But how about we have that same attitude when it comes to our spiritual diet of I cannot miss my own personal study, my own personal walk with the Lord. Because that is the source of your life, that is the source of your growth, that is the source of your health. 
And so that kind of takes us to whenever I was preaching about Judges a couple weeks ago with Ehud, that whole book is crazy if you read it. But at the very end, towards chapter 21, um, the Bible says this. It says, in those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And if you read the book of Judges, it's a super dark book. Uh, There's a lot of really weird, really nasty, really evil things that happen in the book of Judges with God's people because they had turned away from looking to the word of God and they said, you know what, we're just going to do what we think is right. We're going to do what we think feels good. And the result was a total catastrophe, right? Israel was in a rough, rough place. And so God wants you and I to know the truth. And we're only going to know the truth if we take the time to study the truth. You're not just going to know the truth automatically. You know, ignorance is not a virtue of the Christian life. As you, as you read through scripture, you know, how, how many times have you seen the phrase, you know, have you not known, have you not heard, do you not know, right? God many times goes to his people who have read his word or should have read his word and says, look, I'm kind of retelling this to you right now because I already said this before somewhere else in my word, right? I shouldn't have to tell you this message again, but have you not known that, you know, and he gives you the lesson. As, as Christians today, I mean, the fact that we have scripture on our phones, iPads, computers, whatever, we have, we have no excuse as to why we don't know something from the word of God, right? I mean, you can watch amazing teachers on YouTube. You can listen to amazing things, podcasts online, other teachers. Um, you can listen to our podcast if you ever wanted to. Um, but we really have no reason why we can't not be learning, Right? We have no reason why we cannot be, be growing. You know, maybe 500 years ago, you could say, well, believers don't even have Bibles, so that's understandable why they might not grow, right? But right now, what's, what's our excuse? It's just, I'd rather not. You know, I'd rather do something different. I'd rather watch the game. I'd rather do whatever, right? We, we don't value the truth that God has given to us. And whether we realize it or not, when we don't value that truth, we are also not valuing God himself. You cannot run your race well if you don't know where you're going, right? If you don't know the truth about your life, about the race God has called you to run, you're not going to run it well. You cannot be faithful to God if you don't know what God wants you to be faithful in, right? Everyone says, yeah, I want to serve God. I want to love God. I want to do all these things for God. But do you know what God wants? Do you know what God has said? Do you know how what God has said might contradict what your opinions might be, right? To run to win, you have to know your doctrine. You have to know what the Bible teaches. So thirdly, God's truth will change you. So God is truth. God wants you to know the truth. And finally, God's truth will will change you. I have a list of verses here I want to read for you. In John chapter 8, verse 32, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. John 13, 17, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them, right? So now we're, we're beginning to see this transition from just knowing, which is a great first step, but your knowing has to lead to you doing something, right? Blessed are you if you do them. In John 17, 17, he says, 
sanctify them, meaning make them more like Christ in the truth, your word is truth. So do you want to become more like Christ? Do you want your life to match what the Bible models for us? You have to know the Bible. That's the only way that you're going to know who God is, what he wants, and who he wants you to be. If you do not know the Bible, you are missing out. And oftentimes we like to read our favorite passages, like I like to read this book or that book. Um, but I'm going to skip over this one because it doesn't make any sense, or this one's confusing, or this one's too long, right? You're missing out, right? God didn't put that in there as filler. He put that in there for you to read, for you to know, for you, and for you to be blessed by. Um, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14, it says, uh, Paul writes, uh, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, so that would be false doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. There's a lot of spirituality in our culture today. There's a lot of spiritual beliefs out there, even spiritual things that have Christian terms. But how do you know if it's true or not? How do you know if what you are reading, what you are believing, uh, what this person is saying is actually the truth? The only way you know that is if you are in God's word. If you're not in God's word, then you don't have the truth. In 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, there's a great passage to memorize if you haven't already. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. So that's all doctrine. Why? So that the man of God may be competent and equipped for every good work. So do you want to be a competent Christian? Do you want to be equipped for the work that God has prepared you for? Then you have to know his word, right? There, there is no way that you can be separated from the word of God and be a healthy, growing, useful Christian. And so on, on your sheet there, I kind of have it divided up between doers uh, versus learners. Um, some people just want to go out and do things for God without really knowing anything, which is great that you have that ambition, right? But other people want to know everything before they do anything. And both of those are, are wrong, right? It's, it's great that you want to just go out and do something for God, but to do something in, in ignorance is not any more spiritual, right? It's great that you want to know a lot about God, but to wait until you feel like you know everything to do something, you'll be waiting forever and you'll never do anything. So most of the doer type personalities would say, you know, I don't really have any interest in doctrine. It's, it's boring. That's more of like an academic thing that I'll just say for someone else. Um, it's only for the halls of, of academia. Um, but you cannot rightfully consider yourself a faithful follower of Christ unless you actually know what he has taught. And it's great that you want to do something for Christ, but how do you know what to do? How do you know how to do it? Even uh, David fell into this trap. Y'all remember the story when he had this great victory and they reclaimed the Ark of the Covenant. And he's going to bring this awesome symbol back to Israel. And so he puts it on a, on a cart and they start on their way back to Jerusalem. And, you know, it's being pulled by, by oxen and it's a bumpy road. It's not, it's not a paved road. And so the uh, Ark of the Covenant is about to fall off the wagon. And so like any good person would, this, this guy comes over and he tries to steady the ark of God. 
And y'all remember what happens? He died. God killed him for touching the ark of God. It's like, wow, God, that's kind of harsh. You know, that's kind of rough. Yeah, but God had already told his people how to handle that situation. And David, in his eagerness to do something awesome for God, put them in an impossible situation. And so that poor guy (laughs) died. And then David was like, whoa, what's going on? So they took a break. He waited. He prayed. And it's like, oh, yeah, God already told me how to do this. And then he did it correctly. It's great that you want to do something for God, but unless you know what to do and how to do it, it's better to wait. Now, the learners, we really like to know all the facts, right? We like to know things. We want to get all of the information that we can before we do anything. And that's great, uh, but we just finished our study on James not too long ago, and what did, what did James write? He said, faith without without works, is dead, right? It's good, and you have to know something, right, before you do something. You have to know what the Bible teaches. But once God gives you some knowledge, go do something for him, right? Whatever God teaches you, then take that and do that. That's why maybe sometimes we get turned off by studies of doctrine because we uh, meet people who know a lot of facts, Right? This person knows all, all the details. They know all the technicalities. They can impress you with their knowledge. But then you look, look at their life and there's, there's no warmth there. Right? There's, there's no spiritual life there. It just seems cold, dead, very academic, very meaningless. But they know a lot about what the Bible teaches. Right? That's again, is not what the Bible promotes by you knowing doctrine. What you know should lead to a life change. Right? As God's word, as his truth implants itself into your heart, into your mind, you should change, right? Your opinions will change. Your actions will change. Your attitude will change. Truth is not just something that you learn. Truth is also something that you do, right? You and I have to learn how to be hearers of the word. You have to know first and also doers of the word. So you, you falsely claim to know the truth if you do not live it out. And the Bible indicates that a Christian shows his love for God by, by keeping his commandments. In the Old Testament, the, the words for love and obedience are so close that they are almost sometimes hard to, to tell apart. Right? That, that word for love and obedience is linked. Don't tell me that, you know, God, God says, don't tell me that you love me if you never obey me. If you love me, you will obey me. And Jesus says this over and over and over again in the Gospels as well. But how can you love God unless you obey him? But how can you obey him unless you know what his word says? And how can you know what his word says unless you take the time to study it? Do you see how this is all connected? Your relationship with God depends on you knowing what the Bible teaches and then going out and applying that. So when we go over these doctrines over the next several weeks, again, don't just take notes and be satisfied with that. But ask yourself, how does this truth from God's word, how can I go deeper, and, and how does this change my life Monday through Friday? Right? And we're going to try to help you with that. But again, 
Doctrine is not just some cold academic thing. This is something that should regularly, consistently, in your Christian walk, change your life. You know, whenever Danny and I were dating, um, I was trying to find out all these facts about her, right? I found out that she loves dark chocolate. I found out that her favorite color is, is navy blue. I found out that she likes to watch, you know, crime shows on TV, you know? And so with, with this knowledge, I, I didn't then go and create a Wikipedia page and just list facts about my girlfriend and future wife about, so everyone else can know all these wonderful facts about her and then call it a day, right? No, I, I was gathering all this information so that I could give her some dark chocolate, right? So that I could buy something for her that was navy blue. So that I'd be willing to watch some awful crime show with her that I didn't want to watch, right? My knowledge about her and of her led me to make actions that showed that I loved her, right? And so you and I, if we want to know and to love God better, we have to find out what does God like? What does God not like? What has God told me to do? What has God said that he loves? What has God said that he hates? What has God said? And we don't take that information in just to lock it away or write a paper, right? We take that information in so that we can then show and express our love to God in a way that he has told us he would appreciate. All right, you can do something for God, but if that's not what God said, then he's not going to want it, right? And he's God, so you have to deal with it, right? And so we have to understand that God here kind of sets the ground rules. And so if we want to accumulate facts about him, that's great, but those facts should lead us to do something different in our life. Only the husband who has deep knowledge of the ways and works of Jesus Christ is well-equipped to do what Ephesians says, to love his wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Spouses, you want to love your spouse well? Well, how, how did Christ love the church? What did Christ do for the church? What does that mean? You want to be a better spouse? Understand who Christ is and how he loves. Only the parent who has studied the doctrine of bring up their children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord can be a truly biblical and successful parent. But how can you bring up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord if you yourself do not know what that is? If you yourself have not studied what the Bible teaches? Only the Christian who knows the content of the faith is able to skillfully do what Jude says, contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. How can you defend your faith in the workplace? How can you share the gospel with anyone unless you know what the Bible says. One way to really develop your Bible knowledge is to share the gospel with strangers. And you'll be surprised with the random facts that some people know. When I was in college, I was, uh, it was in Florida, it was a Friday night, and I was trying to talk to this one guy about the gospel, and I just assumed, because you know, he must not know anything, so I started to talk to him. And then he threw this fact at me, and I was like, well, no, that's not right. He's like, yeah, it is. I'm like, no, it's not. And then I went back. I'm like, yeah, he was right, you know. But that, that helped me because, like, somehow this, this guy knew more than I did. Well, that's not cool. So I went and I studied that out. Well, why, why did I believe this, you know? So you, the more you talk and try to share your faith, you might be surprised with how you're challenged to figure out why is it that you believe what you do. 
Because sometimes we grow up in church or we've just heard something enough that we think, oh, this, this must be true or this is true. The Bible says this. And then we go back and like, hey, the Bible actually never actually says that. Uh, but it does say this. It's like, wow, that's confusing, right? So we have to be willing to be challenged as you study Scripture to say, am I willing to go to Scripture and have Scripture confront me with the truth? And then with that truth, make a life change. Because in the Bible we see where people are confronted you know, with Jesus himself, and he gives them truth, and yet they still reject it, right? So you and I have the responsibility, have the responsibility of knowing the truth and of obeying the truth as God's children. So studying doctrine should matter to you because God cares about truth. God wants you to know the truth, and God's truth will change you. And so, in conclusion, I want to read this passage from Psalm chapter 1, which many of us have, have memorized. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. That would be false doctrine, right? False teaching, things that are not true. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. His joy, his delight, what brings him peace, what, and what enriches his soul is the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. On the doctrine, on the teaching, on the truth of Scripture, he meditates day and night. And what's the result? He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Do you want to have a spiritually prosperous life? If you only want to check off the box of saying, hey, I attend church, I have the label of Christian, I'm good to go, whatever, then studying doctrine is not going to be for you. If you want to have a deeper relationship with Christ, if you want to know how God's word can impact your life on a profound basis, if you want to know who God is, this God that has saved us, this God that has given us his word, if you want to grow closer to him, then study his word. Delight in his word. The thing that is boring is, is not the Bible, right? It cannot be boring. Compared to the truths that, that, that God has given to us, the rangers are boring. The cowboys are boring. Don't shoot me. All right? When we stand before God in heaven and say, you know, God, I really would have studied your word, but the game was on. It's not going to fly. <laughs> right? God's given us his word. It's a precious, precious, life-altering gift. Are you and I being responsible with that gift to know the God that has given it to us, to know what he has asked of us, to know who he wants you and I to be? You know, so many times we as Christians walk around saying, I wish I knew God's will for my life. I wish I knew what God wanted. And we never open the Bible. <laughs> and God's like, I have most of it in there if you just read it. So stop wondering what God has said and what God wants for you and, and simply open his word, his message to you. And he's promised that his word is powerful. He's promised that his word can and will change your heart. And so I pray that as we, over these next several weeks, as we go over this study, these foundational truths, um, hopefully uh, you have heard most of them before. Hopefully for some of you this will be the first time you've ever heard them. Uh, but again, the goal is not that you show up here on Wednesday, 
hear the message for half an hour, and then call it a day. Right? We really want you to take these truths that we'll be talking about, go home, do the work, and study it yourself. Not because you have to, not because you're supposed to, not because I'm asking you to, but because you truly believe that if you do, God will do something amazing in your own heart, in your own life. I've never studied the Bible and thought that was a waste of time. Sometimes it's, 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 it's harder than other times, right? But God has always used the study of God's word in my own life to challenge me, to change me, to strengthen me. And he will do the same thing for you. So Bible doctrine, foundations, doctrine for dummies, whatever you want to call it. I hope you guys kind of have a, a basic vision now for where we'll be going and why it matters. Right? God has said that his word will not return empty. His word is alive, it's living, and as we study it together, our lives will be changed. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Uh, thank you for doctrine. Thank you for not leaving us in the dark, but for giving us your truth, for, sh for uh, showing us who you are and what you expect of us, for showing us the truth about Jesus, for showing us the truth about salvation. I pray, Father, that you would forgive me when I have chosen other things above studying that truth. I pray that you would create in my heart and the heart of everyone here um, an insatiable desire to know you and that we would study your word, we would become students of your word, and we would love your word. I pray you would bless this study over the next several weeks. Uh, you would just show us um, new truths about yourself that we did not know before. I pray and ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.